Welcome to the Back to Me podcast, where we help multicultural incoming freshmen, women, and men manage their entire college experience throughout post-graduation to successfully transition into entrepreneurship and corporate workspaces as new hires. everyone. It's your host, Yoli Tamu. Bridging the gap between communities and law enforcement will require one encounter, one conversation, and one day at a time. In this week's episode, we are excited to speak to Detective Adrian Goodwin, law enforcement practitioner and hostage negotiator with over 19 years of experience with the largest metropolitan police department in the world, the New York Police Department. Detective Goodwin discusses the need for people of color to consider a career in law enforcement. As an educator at John Jay College of Criminal Justice, she also encourages her students and community members to engage in healthy dialogue that is changing the trajectory of the field. Find out how to leverage your skills in a profession that is becoming more community-driven and culturally diverse. Enjoy. Detective Goodwin, welcome to the podcast. Thank you so much, Yoli, for having me. It is an honor to be here. Let me tell you, this is probably one of my favorite topics to talk about. I love sharing careers in law enforcement, being a 19-year veteran, being the first police officer in my family. Wow. Yes, the first police officer in my family. So I'm just looking forward to just share all of the amazing opportunities that exist within law enforcement. And and hope that someone takes something away, if it's a young person or even a veteran, someone who wants to transition into law enforcement. So I'm excited. I'm excited to be here and I'm ready. (laughs) I'm excited to see you and have your face and just what you represent in law enforcement. It's so good to see you. Thank you. Thank you. Yes. Yes. Okay. So now you are a negotiation strategist and a detective investigator. So when did you decide amongst all of that experience to start serving young people? When did that happen? You know what? Serving started probably when I was a little girl. My grandmother taking me to church on those Tuesdays and Thursdays and giving back and serving a community. And people don't know, but I was a New York City school teacher as well. I taught second grade for a couple of years before transitioning into law enforcement. And people always ask like, why did you transition? What was that all about? It was the best decision ever. And when I discovered Facebook many, many moons ago, I came upon a classmate from seventh grade. And she said, that is all you ever talked about was being a police officer. So I guess I was following my heart. My parents probably thought I was a little crazy because I went to school, got my master's in education. And they thought like, you're leaving all of this behind to be a police officer. But I have learned so much. I have grown, becoming a patrol officer. I got promoted to detective, and I have been a part of an elite hostage negotiation team. So out of about 33,000 personnel within NYPD, there are about 100 or so that are trained negotiators. So, you know, like people say, what is a hostage negotiator? So a hostage negotiator, we ease tense situations, we demonstrate emotions, we build empathy, build rapport with people who are emotionally disturbed, those who may be suicidal. 
and we try to achieve a favorable outcome by engaging with them. And then we know what a detective does. We investigate homicides and grand larcenies and robberies, all of the fun stuff that you probably see on TV, some of your favorite TV shows. Mine's is Blue Bloods. I love Blue Bloods. <laughs> and of course, Special Victims, right? Those are some of our favorites, but it's, it's definitely a joy to be able to share and build because we know the challenges that we face in our community with law enforcement. So to have a person of color, being in the community, we know how important representation matters. So definitely want to bridge the gap between the community and law enforcement. Absolutely. I mean, that's when I said, I'm just so happy to see you, to see your face, because I'm sure there's not that many African-American women in your field. No. So within my department, so there's 33,000 overall, but within the detective bureau, there's probably 35,000 detectives. And out of the 3,500, excuse me, out of the 3,500 detectives, there's only 174 that are African-American. Oh, 174. 174. So when I looked at that statistic, I'm like, oh my gosh, how can I bring more people into this field? How can I inspire the next generation of children to take a chance within law enforcement? And that is what brought me into John Jay College, to be honest. That was my thought process. So now who inspired you? I'm just curious as a young person. So you say when you were so young, you always knew you wanted to be a police officer. So did you see a black woman? Did you see someone in your community that inspired you as a young person? Yeah, there was a community affairs officer that was in the community that was like really involved with the community. That's probably my earliest recollection of interacting with someone that's in law enforcement. I don't know why I had a strong passion for it to be in seventh grade and talking about it, you know, coming from, you know, Brooklyn and, you know, undeserved communities, the passion probably was to change the perception and maybe be the the good police officer on the other side to help bridge the gap. So there probably was something else going on there that inspired that transition from education into law enforcement. But it's so funny because I feel like life goes full circle because now I get to teach as well. So now I get to teach the next generation of up and coming law enforcement professionals and lawyers and, you know, probation, juvenile officers. So that's the exciting part about it, that now they get to see me. So, you know, when I first became a faculty at John Jay College and the students walked in, first they thought I was a student. Mm. <laughs> and then they go, wait, you're the professor? <laughs> wait, you're a police officer? You're Black? You're a female? a female detective, a female hostage negotiator. I've never met any one of those categories. Wow. And at that point, I'm like, wow, like, what are we missing? You know, what are we not doing right in law enforcement to be able to encourage those to take the test? So that was like the Pandora box to go, okay, I got work to do in here. And that kind of spiraled and been able to mentor other students coming into law enforcement. So that's been great. That's been great to mentor other students coming into law enforcement. So you're at John Jay College of Criminal Justice. So cool. Now, what are some topics? I mean, what are the students asking you? What's a hot topic right now? So the hot topic is mentorship. Mm. A lot of students do not have mentorships. You know, John Jay College is a commuter school. So you have a large immigration population. You have a lot of first generation, second generation immigrants. This is their you know, first time in their family being a police officer, even considering that. So how do they navigate this arduous process? 
what does that really look like for them? And a lot of them do not have mentorships at all to be able to guide them. So to be able to have someone there, you know, you're teaching, but I'm also saying, you know, tap into some internships, you know, get involved with the community. There are a lot of things that people can do to kind of get an understanding of what law enforcement is all about. You can join a PAL, a police activity league, right? They do sports and basketball, karate, things of that nature to engage with the community. You can volunteer. You can be an auxiliary officer, you know, as a young college student. You can be a cadet officer, which they help pay for you to go to college, you know, while you're in school. So these are different venues that our young professionals can take to get an understanding of what law enforcement is all about. And I always always laugh at them. I said, you know, they have a civilian academy. So you can actually join an academy as a civilian and you get to learn all the ins and outs of law enforcement as a civilian. And you graduate, you get a certification and all of that good stuff. So there's a lot of opportunities there that are not visible. Yeah, I was going to say, you know, when you talk about mentorship, I'm thinking immediately, would you go to your local department and maybe just start investigating there. Like, you know, who can I shadow? Is that even a possibility in these departments or they're just super busy? No, you know, one of the great things about law enforcement, and this is a lot of departments, not just mine, is that they do have fraternity organizations. They have the Guardians Association, which is African-American. They'll have GOAL, which is the LGBTQ fraternity organizations. They'll have the Irish. They'll have Asian Jays for the Asian-American students. So they can tap into these fraternal organizations and that's how they can get their mentors and they will guide them through the process. So there are other alternatives that they can use to definitely gain mentorships and, you know, look at different tutoring opportunities or events that happens, like they have the national night out. So that happens across every department in the U.S., where the community comes out and they have rock climbing walls and different games and, you know, all of these different career tables. So definitely doing the work. I think, you know, if you're a young student and you're interested in a career in law enforcement, seek. If you seek, you shall find and you will get the mentor that you need to be able to help you through this process. But, you know, being a police officer, you know, you, you have to do what you're supposed to do, right? Keeping your company you know, being mindful of those that you keep around you, being mindful of what you post on social media, right? Because the investigation is, it's, it's, it's a large undertaking. It's a large undertaking. It's not easy. You know, they'll interview your neighbors. What type of person are you, right? Are you kind, you know? So just be mindful of your behavior as a young person, not just thinking, oh, I got time. No. Nope. Do what's right now so that you can do what you want to do later on in life. That's great. That's great. It's so cool that you're saying mentorship is the concern because, you know, you want to dispel some of the negative stereotypes that are out there. And what you're doing is you guys are really embracing young people and you're showing how they're really, you know, able to really serve the community in such a positive way. So that's great to hear because you don't hear that side as often as we should. So. I'm so glad to once again have your face and then to know that you're promoting mentorship. Yeah. And I had one of my students actually inbox me on LinkedIn. That's always like the hot topic with students not having LinkedIn profiles, but it's a great place to be. But she inboxed me and she said, hey, I took your course back in 2020 and you inspired me to continue my career. And would you be able to write a recommendation from law school? So to think that I had an impact and influence on this young girl 
to continue her career in law enforcement and go into law, man, it just, my heart is just overjoyed. It is overjoyed. But that's the important part of having a great educator that cares about the students, right? And being able to provide that resource for them along the way. And I think that's critical. That's so good. And I don't even know if you're a part of the conversation when it comes to law enforcement, but is there a conversation about being more of a unit in the community so that there isn't that much fear when you're driving your car or when you're being stopped? I mean, is that becoming a conversation, a more popular conversation? Yes, absolutely. Law enforcement departments now are community driven. Everything that we do, everything that we are is all about serving the community. Before, you know, the citizens didn't really have a voice. Now they do. You have your town halls, you have your community forums where they want to hear, you know, you paying tax dollars, you're paying for that police officer. You should be at those events voicing your concerns. But that is always the driving force of what we do is community involvement. Because at the end of the day, it's about bridging the gap between law enforcement and community so that we can have a healthy dialogue, so that we can minimize the use of force so that we can be open and willing to engage with people from various backgrounds, right? Various backgrounds. That's the key is to educate, empower, and change the lives of those that we encounter. We can't do it all at you know one time, but one encounter at a time would change that person's perception on how they think and how they feel about law enforcement officers. And they'll go, man, I didn't like them before, but man, that officer, Detective Goodwin, was so nice and kind, right? That's the impression that you want to leave. She demonstrated empathy. That's important. So if we all operate with that type of mindset. We can change our community one encounter at a time. Definitely. I love this. I love this. And now you're also, I mean, well, I have a hundred questions, but I'm just... <laughs> I'm just going to narrow some things in because you've got so much going on. You're amazing. I mean, you're an author, right? You're an author. Yeah. When did that become a thought? I'm going to write a book. <laughs> Look, it started with my journey at John Jay College from those statements that were asked by the students or even, you know, I teach police and diversity. So we begin to talk about cultural competency and we begin to go through African-American, the myths and stereotypes and Asian-American, Middle Eastern. And I show the images of police officers wearing a hijab. They go, oh, I've never seen a police officer in a uniform wearing a hijab. And I'm like, really? So if you're in college and you're not seeing these images, there's a disconnect somewhere. And then my daughters ask the question, what do police officers do? It's like, I know they catch bad guys, but what else did they do? So what I did was I mirrored the two. I mirrored the question and the statement together. So Twins in the City, Let's Learn About Police Officers is an amazing illustration of community connections, changing their perception of law enforcement. But it also highlights the diversity within law enforcement. Like you would see an officer in the book wearing a hijab. You would see a young man wearing a turban. You would see an Asian police officer. You would see an African-American police officer with curly hair, right? So it's beginning to start that dialogue early on. Now, we know that it may not pay dividends at four or eight years old, but the goal is to increase recruitment at the end of the day bridge that gap where people are not fearful of law enforcement. And it's a great way for parents and educators to start to have that healthy dialogue early on. So I'm excited about this project. 
and what is it going to do to the community and how it's going to change lives. And even those communities where law enforcement is not the attractive career, right? (laughs) It might go, hey, mom, like, wow, I see myself in this book. And there's a, a story behind that. My husband and I, we did a career day at a school and a young girl came up to the table and she go, I would love to be a police officer. But and she pointed to her hijab. She's like, how can I be a police officer practicing my? And I just begin to show her pictures and to begin to share stories of personal friends that I know within the department. And her eyes just lit up and she go, oh, my gosh. I never knew that. And this is a high school student. So I am just thrilled. I am just thrilled about this project and the imprint that it is going to leave and the lives that it's going to touch. And if I can bring anyone else up and mentor them, that's the beauty. That That's the gold. I mean, this is powerful work. Powerful work. You're, you're pushing our communities forward. You're pushing our thought process forward, and it could happen with just your book, Twins in the City. Let's learn about police officers. Absolutely. Absolutely. What comes to mind is when, you know, they tell youngsters, particularly in the Black community, to have the talk (laughs) about how to act appropriately in the communities with officers. This book can be right there next to the parent with the conversation to show the other side. And that's what you're offering. Absolutely. Absolutely. It shows the other side. It shows the Hispanic officer speaking in her language. I mean, it's just a representation of the police department and the community. And really, how can we bridge this gap? How can we develop cultural competency? How can we build healthier communities? one person at a time. So who knows? This book could be a play. It could be workshops. There's so many things. My mind is just like blown about all of the possibilities that can come from this one piece of book. And I mean, you're a trailblazer. I can't think of anyone else who thought of this idea. This is trailblazer work. So I, I wish you, I wish you the best. My goodness. My goodness. No, I appreciate that so Absolutely. much. Absolutely. I appreciate that. On this podcast, you know, we serve the college student in their transition, you know, and they're just trying to navigate leaving home and trying to adult in this world. And college is that first experience. And, you know, a lot of them don't want parents to know that, hey, I'm nervous <laughs> about growing up. <laughs> And we also have discovered that that postgraduate heads out into the workforce and they're terrified, you know, communication skills are lacking, you know, all kinds of things are lacking. So I always like to wrap up with words of encouragement for that young person that's listening, that's seeking to, you know, either develop more confidence as they move forward in a transition, because it seems like you were able to just transition consistently in different areas of your life. Does that come from confidence? And if so, what are some words of encouragement for that listener that needs some confidence to to step out and be a trailblazer like you? Yes, definitely. It definitely comes from confidence, believing in yourself, you know, and it's okay to be the first. It's okay to figure it out as you go along. Being the first police officer in my family, I had no one to turn to. I had no one to help me fill out my packages. I had no one to help me figure out what this big department looks like. What are the opportunities? But as you grow, you learn. As you learn, you grow as an individual. So don't be afraid to ask questions. Even if you find that one person, that one teacher, that one police officer that you can lean on for guidance, 
Let them guide you through this process. It is an amazing, amazing career. I, I tell people, I'm like, if you want to do a, you know, equestrian, you can ride the horse. If you, you know, if you're in the military, you come into law enforcement and you want to be in, you know, an aviation unit, you can do that. If you're great with youth, you can work in a youth department. If you love teaching, you can teach in the academy. If you want to be an attorney, go through the law enforcement department, get a scholarship to get your degree. You can work in the law department at the local police department. So, of course, you don't get to see those different units highlighted within our everyday life and on TV. But even within my department, there are over 200 units that you can possibly join. Of course, we all start with patrol, but don't be afraid because I had no idea where my life would be if I didn't step out on faith and just do what felt good in my heart. I didn't know the big why. I didn't know everything in the beginning. But I, I went on what was good for me. And once I stepped out on faith, doors just began to open. I began to learn as an individual. My communication skills improved because you're interviewing. You're talking to the community members over and over again. And you just build great character traits <laughs> as a police officer. And that helps you in other areas. There are things that you can do as a police officer once you retire. You can start your own investigation company. You can start your own private security company. You can be a consultant. You can be an analyst on news just because of that background. You can teach in college. So I might not have seen all of that in the beginning, but what I did see was that small step. And that small step got me to where I am today. Mm, I'm so glad that you explained it like that. Because when you compared it to the military, it's tangible. They have all of these different branches. And like you said, within law enforcement, there's all these units where mm-hmm. they can serve as using those talents. Thank you for sharing Absolutely. That. They could be in harbor. There's so many things you can do. And people are just like, I never knew that. Another great tip that I would tell your listeners, if you're a college student, volunteer at your district attorney's office in your area. They have great internships there. That's another great way to see, you know, what the criminal justice system side looks like. So you have your law department, your local department, and you also have your district attorney's office. So if you want to be a lawyer, tap into your district attorney's office and volunteer there. So there are options. We just have to just seek them. Don't be afraid and do the work. You have to do the work. I love how it sounds like you're basically saying show up with your talent and you're going to find out where you fit. That's it. That's what I tell my students. Bring your skill set and then find a place for it. I bought my skill set and I found the place for it. And when it was able to come back and was able to teach and, you know, do things that I'm doing now, that's because I utilize my skill set. I leveraged what I knew. I leveraged the education and I made it work and I put this package together. And now I get to retire in another year and a half. So I'm excited about that. Man, congratulations. <laughs> Well, listen, you are a superstar and I'm just like, wow, we need to be in touch with you. Okay. Forever. Awesome. (laughs) So now how can they reach you on social media and maybe your website? Where would you like to send them? Yes, absolutely. So LinkedIn is a great place to connect with me. Adrian Goodwin is probably going to be in the show notes and on a flyer. Real Talk Adrian on Instagram. And my website is adriangoodwin.com. So you can find me. If you have any questions, please, please reach out to me and I'll be able to lead you in the right direction. Well, this was powerful. I mean, I learned a lot myself about law enforcement and I have a warm feeling now about (laughs) because of you. (laughs) 
<laughs> so thank you. <laughs> awesome. Awesome. This has been a pleasure. Thank you so much. Thank you so much for having me. Thank you. All right, Detective Goodwin, thanks for being with us. And I'll be in touch with you really soon. All right, take care. Thank you for joining us. If changing our communities one day at a time starts with us, consider pursuing a career in law enforcement. For more information about other episodes, remember to subscribe to the Back to Me podcast, College and Beyond. I'm your host, Yoli Tamu. Leave a review at the end of this podcast. And if you would like to learn more about other special events, join the Back to Me podcast Facebook group or simply text Back to Me to 833-206-4565. Until next time, be well. Back to me.